Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. <laughs> 204 DGS on KMOX. Happy Wednesday to you. Our good friend, Senator Jim Talon, joins us. Hello, Jim. Hello, Dave. How was uh, Thanksgiving for you and the family? I ate too much. Other than that, it was fine. Good. Good to hear. Uh, boy, we have so much to talk about. Uh, let me just throw you the first softball, which is Israel and uh, Hamas and Gaza, and we've lived a lifetime uh, since October 7th. Just give me your thoughts and observations, please. Yeah. Well, the reason um, Hamas is willing to release hostages is Israel was winning. Uh, They had bisected the Gaza Strip, isolated Gaza City, and were systematically destroying Hamas's infrastructure and a lot of Hamas at the same time. So the only real leverage Hamas has is the uh, is the hostages. And so I think Israel's goal is to get as many hostages released consistent with their ultimate objective of continuing to degrade Hamas, because if they don't restore deterrence, uh, they may not be able to live in the Middle East. So I think that Israel will be willing to continue pausing, but they're not going to stop uh, until they've completed the military objective and they shouldn't. Jim, how surprised are you first, uh, and how concerned are you for the future at what uh, I have been shocked at, just global uh, anti-Semitism and global support, uh, not so much for Palestine. I I certainly support the Palestinian people living in Gaza. I feel terrible for them, but uh, almost unabashedly also pro-Hamas at some times. Well, it, it's how, how much how surprised was uh, was I? This has been percolating on campuses and intellectual circles and uh, on the radical left for many decades. So on that level, I wasn't surprised. But whenever you see this great a combination of moral inversion and complete ignorance about a subject, I guess it is a little bit surprising. I mean, I, you know, the short of it is that a lot of these people in, the, in these demonstrations. Uh, don't understand anything about the Middle East, much less the first order question that's at stake and has been at stake, you know, ever since Israel was created, which is, does it have a right to exist as a Jewish state? Well, it does. I mean, on that first order question, it has the historical, the legal, uh, and the moral right to exist. And if we could get that question resolved favorably for Israel, then the second order issues on which you can criticize Israeli policy, I think would be pretty easy to reconcile. But Israel's enemies will not allow it to exist in peace. And that's the cause of this, uh, of the massacre and the problems. And yeah, the anti-Semitism, whenever that is visible in a big way in a society, it's a very bad sign. Uh, Jim, during our lifetime, we're, we're pretty close to the same age. During our lifetime, we've seen many attempts by many presidents and Camp David Accords. Uh, do you have realistic hope that during the rest of our lifetime we could see a true two-state solution? No, but I do have a realistic hope 
that if we can get back to the course the Trump administration set with the Abraham Accords, that we can see a lessening of tension in the Middle East. One of the ways, uh, one key way that Israel's enemies are trying to destroy her is to isolate her. So if we can get a continued recognition of Israel and relations between Israel and the Gulf states, uh, chiefly Saudi Arabia, I think that will lessen the tension in the region. And it is possible because the Gulf states, Egypt and Jordan, um, the truth of the matter is they don't really care about the Palestinians. In fact, one great irony of this, Dave, is that the only country in the region that cares about the Palestinians, believe it or not, is Israel. They've done a whole lot more for the Palestinians than any of the others. But uh, these, these other countries, they fear Iran. They have a common interest with Israel and us in that Iran is the great enemy as far as they're concerned. And so I do think there's a possibility of lessening tensions in the region that way. Uh, Jim, uh, shifting gears a little bit, we were talking about this off the air a few minutes ago uh, about uh, Xi Jinping's visit to San Francisco and what that was all about. There have been some reports. I don't know how valid they are. That's why I want to ask you about this being about China's economy and they them needing help and them needing us to help them in that regard. How much of that should we play stock in? Oh, I think that was a real motivating factor. Their economy is in trouble. And, you know, it would take the rest of your show to discuss all of the reasons. But, you know, basically, uh, under Xi, they have curtailed market freedoms. Uh, they've completely reversed the direction towards greater liberalization. Uh, they've also um, tried to create economic growth, basically, by government spending on infrastructure. Uh, it's an invest, which, you know, I think the economists call an investment-led policy. And so they have these enormous property bubbles. Uh, they have enormous waste in the state-owned enterprises, and it's dragging the economy down. And that does concern the Chinese Communist Party because they do understand they need some degree of legitimacy to stay in power, that and their enormous repressive mechanism. Uh, and that legitimacy turns largely on the perception of economic opportunity among the people. So I, I think that was a big motivating factor. Um, and that's behind a lot of their charm offensive. We've seen at least a little bit of that in the last six months or so. So, Jim, you know the media as well as I do, and it's very fickle. And uh, Ukraine was the big story until uh, Hamas, and then Hamas was the big story until Matthew Perry passed away. Then he was the big story. Now Ukraine is uh, is barely a story at all. Help us to understand the politics uh, on Capitol Hill. As I understand it, uh, it's more the Republicans who are saying, hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's not just give another aid package without securing our own border. Yeah, there's a greater opposition to Ukrainian aid, at least on an unqualified basis, among some Republicans. I would say the party is uh, is split on that. And I think some of the concerns are very justified. Now, as you know, Dave, because we've talked about this in the program, I think it was very much in our interest to support Ukraine because that was a really good way for us to weaken the Russian state, which has, which under Putin has made itself comprehensively the adversary of American interests and American security. And in a lot of places, the Middle East is one and Indo-PACOM is another. I mean, he is Putin has made himself Robin to Xi Jinping's Batman, which is not, by the way, has, uh, typically, uh, you know, a Russian policy. Mm -hmm. Typically, they're in conflict with China. OK, 
Now, I also wrote uh, at the beginning of the year that I thought it likely uh, that we would that it would become an attritional war, a stalemated battlefield. Russia has already been weakened very substantially. So I think it's in our interest to try and find a negotiated solution that isn't a sellout of the Ukraines. We do not need to abandon another ally. Okay, so I, I share some of these concerns. And I think a lot of it could be dealt with if the Biden administration would just begin to identify what are our policies there? What's what's our goals? What are we hoping to achieve and what end games do we potentially see? But without that kind of leadership, uh, I think we're going to see continued opposition on the part of a lot of Republicans. Uh, I would continue to vote for aid, but I would really begin demanding that the administration tell us what it is they're hoping to achieve. And I'll say this in, in conclusion. I think if it were not for the partisan angle, you'd see a lot of Democrats raising concern as well. But for now, you know, they're 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 staying on board. Uh, They got an election year coming up. uh, And so I think they'll probably stay in line. So uh, we're talking to Senator Jim Talent here in case you're just joining us. Uh, Jim, back to Kevin's question about China. Uh, If they are hurting, if they are, uh, you know, close to the edge, in the old days, or if we were playing the board game War, we would be like, great, we're going to take advantage of that, and we're going to end you and vanquish you. Is it in our best interest to help them and prop them up, or is that just a fool's errand? Well, we don't want to prop them up, but the big danger is this. The, the, more, the, the more insecure they feel at home, the more likely they will use the old authoritarian, authoritarian tactic of directing domestic discontent abroad, dis, discontent abroad by attacking something. Okay. In other words, they don't really care that the, 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 the Xi Jinping doesn't really care how well the people are doing. He cares about regime security. And it, 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 to the extent he perceives the economy is off, he may decide to get people behind the government by starting a war. Uh, and the obvious candidate there is Taiwan. So what we really need to do is to strengthen deterrence in Indo-PACOM. And uh, there's, there's a number of ways that would not be expensive to do that. Uh, but the number one thing is getting more uh, precision fires, longer range missiles based all throughout Indo-PACOM so that we can target the Chinese ships if they, if they make a move against Taiwan. That, that, would, that would really reduce the possibility of conflict. Jim, how much are, are our economies intertwined? Like how much of what is bad for China can be bad for us, what is good for us can be good for them? How much is that tangled? Well, a lot, which is a big problem and which we never faced in the Cold War because the Soviet right. economy, you know, it wasn't strong enough to really develop these kinds of connections and bury itself in supply chains around the world. This is a huge problem. And, you know, I'll be a little bit encouraging here. Um, you know, the Congress knows that, and there's a lot of good people on both sides of the aisle trying to figure out how to disentangle ourselves from China, how to make our supply, supply chains and our economy more secure, and by the way, bring some jobs back home also, without cutting off, you know, cutting off our nose to spite our face. In other words, you know, we don't want to damage our economy in an attempt to make it more self-sufficient. So it's a difficult task. Um, you know, the Biden administration hasn't shown a lot of ingenuity. They haven't really reversed much of what Trump did. But you don't see anywhere near the level of focus and energy and leadership as we did uh, under the Trump administration. It's always great. Thank you, Jim. We appreciate it very much. 
Anytime, guys. The smart guy. Yeah. Good to ask smart. smart people questions. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I wish he. I. I wish he would have been president. I really do. Well, what did he go? What does he go back to? What we talked about at the beginning. A reasonable person. Yeah. Who's not been, a bomb thrower? Been in the game for a long time, but not too long. Mm-hmm. You know, it feels like our choice is moving forward. It looks like our choice moving forward will either be someone who hasn't lived in the civilian world for sixty years. 50, 60 years. Or he's never held Or office. someone who doesn't have any of that other experience. Yeah. Just made a lot of money, and that was how they ended up becoming famous enough to be president. Thank you, right. 223 DGS. Big shout out to Jessica and to Callie May. So Jessica is a mom, and uh, she's been listening to the DGS since 2013 when she was at SIU. Now she is a religious podcaster, and her beautiful little three-month-old daughter, Callie May, was was born on my birthday. So cool. She's Happy birthday. She's so sweet and so cute. Man, I'd look, I'd look good in that outfit she has. <laughs> are there, are there footies? Shoot. Is it a onesie? <laughs> Duh. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. I share my birthday with a lot of cool people. Yeah. Yeah, Vivian, Alvin Reed. Callie May, Alvin Reed. Nice. Howard Stern. Oh. Oh, that's cool. You and Howard, Howard Stern have the same birthday? I think so. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, boy, you're mad at someone, aren't you? I'm super mad, Dave. Vent. My blood is boiling. Go. In 2020, it was May of 2020 because I was on my way to buy Mother's Day gifts for my mom and my grandma. I rear-ended someone. And it was such a minor deal, in my mind anyway. I thought I, because I was looking the other direction, I thought I had run up on the curb. Like, it was such a minor thing. But it turns out I had hit someone in front of me. We are getting off of an exit. I believe that they were setting a trap to get rear-ended at this point. I believe that also. And they also. stopped so that someone would hit them because it's one of those exits where you're kind of like, you're out of light and you're looking so you right. can turn right, I'm red. Tell him what the guy did when he got out. <sighs> he, so the passenger in the car who has been falsely named as the driver of the car, I don't know if it makes a difference with the insurance or something, but the passenger in the car, Ronnie, I won't say your last name, Ronnie, but you know who you are. I if will if you tell me. <laughs> <laughs> He comes out and he's like, oh, my back, my back hurts so bad. And I'm like, does it really, sir? I mean, if I barely tapped you. Now, I understand there are situations where maybe it would have actually messed up his back, but I just don't feel like, I feel like I was being scammed. And I've talked about the issue with Dave at length, Dave being a former lawyer, and he kind of agrees with me that I... They're pros. Well, it's taken three years. It's been over three years now, and they've just been going back and forth with... I, I use Geico as my car insurance. Uh, they've been going back and forth. They won't turn in their documents. They won't show proof of, like, I've spent this much at the chiropractor, this and this and this. Well, finally, their lawyer sent over all the proof that they need. It's taken this long for them to, like, gather their evidence and stuff. And I'm being sued, basically. I mean, it's maybe I shouldn't be talking about it on the air. But the insurance is taking care of it. That's the reason you have insurance. But I'm just so mad that people like this exist that, I mean, in my heart of hearts, I'm pretty sure that I'm being taken advantage of in this situation because they're going to get a ton of money from the insurance. It was such a minor accident. And it was like from the beginning, it just smelled wrong. You know, it was like they knew what to say and how to spin the situation from the beginning. What was the so damage? Super mad. Like, what did it look there like? There was no damage. Then they're not hurt. I took a photo. As soon as I hopped out of the car, there was no damage on my car, no damage on their car. So no car repairs involved? No car then repairs. Then they're not hurt. That's a lie. I mean, and I can't believe that an insurance company, your own, wouldn't contest that and investigate that. I think they were, but 
I don't really understand. It's been such a lengthy process, and I've written it off so many times because I'm like, I oh. can tell you this from personal experience. When you are an attorney for an insurance company and you run into a professional, you run into a professional, I got hurt again. It's just not worth your time. I think it would be great if Geico and State Farm and Progressive all, you know, pinky locked and said, nope, we're going to fight this. And it goes cyclically. It used to be when I was a lawyer, you'd get triple your damages. So if you had $8,000 in chiropractic bills, you'd settle it for twenty five grand. You pay off the chiropractor, you get sixteen. And then they went to, no, we're not doing that anymore. We're not, screw you. We're going to do one-time specials, not three. And then it just, it ebbs and flows. But you know when you run into a professional, you know they've done this many times before. You know they're not going away because they probably don't have a job, and this is their job. And then they just go, screw it, let's pay them off. Because it's probably cheaper it's to one do of the, that yeah. than it is, it is to fight it. It is, and it's one of the biggest problems. It's it's the reason why you pay, it's one of the reasons why you pay so much money yeah. for your insurance. Oh, I'm just mad. I'm yeah, just that mad. sucks. It's so crazy that three and a half years later, I'm getting this mad about it. But it's just when you're being taken advantage of and you know someone's scamming you, it's just like, I can't believe this is happening. It's so ridiculous. Ask for the medical records. I want to look just, at them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, I'll do that. I'll bet every penny I have in the bank that it's all, and there's nothing wrong with chiropractors, but when that's the only person you go to, mm. Oh, can I just add one more thing that's complete like BS that sure. I have to deal with now? I have to now, it's taken them three and a half years to get their stuff together, but now I have to, in the next 21 days, go get something notarized and all this stuff, and if I don't, then I'm going to be sued for blah, blah, blah. Why did, it, why did you get four years to drag your feet, and now I'm the one? Like, I just don't get it. Because in almost every situation, the responsible person gets screwed. God. Truth. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, Go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. 233 DGS on KMOX. Thanks to everyone who has taken part in the Hardee's Operation Food Search campaign already. We are blue. What, Rage? 
I think we're at forty thousand or a little over forty thousand. Oh. So yeah, between yeah, we're nipping we're nipping at fifty. And uh, so you guys have done great. Uh, all we ask you to do is between so it's between now and December eighteenth. But uh, we're kind of finished on Friday the 15th because that's when we'll do our live show out at the Hardee's uh, Mid-Rivers Mall area. We'll give mm-hmm. you all the details as, as it gets closer. Uh, come on out. We have ordered some brand new DGS t-shirts, which we designed ourselves because we insist on cool t-shirts. I hate stupid promotional t-shirts you know what i'm saying like the kind like i'm never gonna wear that uh so you can get those for not a bunch of money maybe 20 bucks we'll charge you uh so yeah so thanks for doing that that all goes to operation food search which is uh supportive of people who are food insecure and the big thing they use it for with the dgs is uh the backpack program you guys fund about three schools all by yourself where every kid there who is food insecure gets a backpack on friday full of food for them and their siblings all year, every weekend because of you. All you have to do is go to Hardee's, give a buck, get a, a DGS sticker, and there you go. Uh, Michael Calhoun is in. Good to see you, pal. How are hey, you? Hey, that is impressive to get the companies, the franchisees, motivating all these people to get out, getting really the organizations cool. together. That is super that's incredible. Cool. That's awesome. The last five years, we've done $500,000. Oh, that wow. nuts? <laughs> well, not really. You guys have a big impact. It's really cool. Really cool. Um, and you know what's so great the wrong word. What's interesting about it is I can't tell you how many people I have uh, had walk up to me at a Hardee's when we're doing our show and hand me a check for 500 bucks, 1000 bucks, and say, I was a backpack kid. Um. Or someone come up to me and say, I've given to this every year for five years. This year I need it. Mm. You just never know. COVID wow. and what we're about to talk about, you just never know, but for the grace of God, go you, when you're going to be in need of something like that. Yeah. So Granite City Steel, tell us the whole story. Well, Granite City Steel, this began, uh, really, you could say a couple of years ago uh, when U.S. Steel 2022 announced uh, that they wanted to sell the Granite City Works operation to an outsourcing firm, cut most of the jobs there, uh, have them just produce raw pellets that uh, U.S. Steel would use to make steel at a non-union plant in Arkansas. Then, in the last few months, the entire company itself has been up for sale. So that's that individual uh, facility sale has been put on hold while uh, U.S. Steel evaluates, uh, they call it a strategic review process. And one <laughs> of the big bidders is a company called Cleveland Cliffs, which is an American steel company. Uh, and so in the midst of all of this, then you have the auto workers strike a few months ago. And uh, that's what they really make at U.S. Steel, sheet metal for these auto, auto plants. Uh, so they idled a good portion of the the facilities there uh, in September said it was because of the UAW strike. Uh, They didn't issue what are uh, required by the federal government, what are called warn notices, which are basically when a large company says we're going to lay off a mass number of people or shut down a huge facility. Federal government says you have to file a notice with your state 60 days ahead of time because something that huge, not just the people who actually work there, a lot of stakeholders have to have time to get ready for something like that. U.S. Steel did not do that when they did the auto-impacted idling uh, because they said it would be temporary. They thought, they hoped. Uh, now we're more than 60 days past that. Those workers are not back, which is interesting because the auto strike is over, mm-hmm. but the steel workers are not back. And uh, and so they are kind of retroactively issuing part of a warn notice to cover those who were you know, kicked out in September. Uh, that was about 400 workers, 340 of those union. But this warn notice uh, issued yesterday by U.S. Steel is actually for 1,000 workers, which would be an enormous impact at the 1,500-person workforce there. Um, but the steel workers union tells us 
they're doing that to cover themselves, just mm-hmm. in case maybe 60 days from now they don't have the orders they expect and they do want to cut a massive number of people. But, again, the union head says that's not the indication that I'm getting. Now, the folks who are already gone don't expect them to come back. But at this point, he says this is just U.S. Steel seeming to cover themselves. He hopes that nothing more drastic happens from here. But that's still stressful. Whether it happens or not, if you're a worker, you get a notice that you could be laid off in 60 days. That might even be more stressful to not know. It might be better to know for sure one way or the other. Um, And so this is, you know, continuing um, as uh, Granite City tries to figure out what happens with this. uh, As U.S. Steel takes a look at their order book and says, what are we going to do in 60 days? And these other companies that are looking at U.S. Steel, what would they do if they buy the entire company? Would uh, Cleveland Cliffs, which the rank and file would like, a lot of the community members, I talked with Congresswoman Budzinski, she would like that. Um, if they purchase the firm, um, what what happens with Granite City at that point? So there's just so much that's up in the air yeah, right he, now. Yeah, huge swings. Yeah. And, and no indication when, I mean, when that might be. No, I mean, they had said when the uh, in September that this is because of the auto worker strike. So everybody anticipated that when that was resolved, things would get back to normal to a certain mm-hmm. extent in Granite City. But things are still status quo. They haven't brought the steelworkers, those uh, 340 union steelworkers back. And a yeah. thousand people are wondering what's next. Having grown up on the east side, uh, my dad was a union carpenter. And uh, Rach, your dad worked at Granite City Steel, right? Yep. I mean, so many people my age... Every meal they ate was from one of those facilities. Mm-hmm. It's just such a iconic thing across yeah. the river. And it really makes, I'm sure like Chris Ranji could speak to this better, but it makes you wonder what will happen to Granite City if, you know, these jobs don't come back. Uh, my dad's from Madison. I mean, it's just something that I think about a lot is like this whole town revolves around that steel mill. Yeah. That's something to take into account too. Well, it's yeah. one of those companies and uh, professions that, can define a family. It can yeah. define the region. You think about when Anheuser-Busch was sold to so many of these companies that we become so identified with. Uh, you know, what happens to certain communities in the Metro East? If you think about Mid-America Airport, Scott Air Force Base, Phillips 66, all of these, you know, big employers that, you know, what happens to North County if something were to happen to Express Scripts? This is one of those, Granite City Steel is one of those foundational yeah. parts of our, our St. Louis identity. Man, I mean, not to get in the soapbox, but that's why... We have to take the problems in our area. It's not just downtown St. Louis, but the problems in this area and take it from bitching and moaning about it on the radio to actually getting something done. Because it's like watching someone uh, wither away from a disease, just watching our area. And, you know, I mean, most of us have kids or grandkids and some of them want to stay living in this area and may not be able to. And it's such a it's such a wonderful area. I mean, I'm, I'm biased because I grew up here, but it has so much to offer. It's so great. And it just feels like uh, a few bad people have really had a big impact. And then the rest of us haven't done enough to correct it. I don't know. And just getting out there is St. Louis uh, top of mind when uh, an LG and Nissan decide to build a new electric battery plant, an EV plant, Mm -hmm. uh, is St. Louis top of mind for those kinds of uh, site searchers who are figuring out where to build that kind of stuff. We have had uh, some victories. For instance, um, ICL, an Israeli company that makes the raw materials that go into electric batteries. They are doing a big expansion in the Carondelet neighborhood. And so we're we're in that chain. We're just not, you know, one of those big... 
15,000, you know, worker kind of facilities that uh, makes the finished product. And, you know, the, the sad part is that if you are a big national or international company and you're looking at 10 different cities and St. Louis is one of them, if you do a deep dive, I think that you'll see us as a real bargain. Like, hey, this place has a bad reputation. I think it's uh, exaggerated. We can get land pretty cheap. We can get really solid laborers there. Let's do it. But if you just do a quick look, you're going to go right past us. Well, we hear that from uh, the county executives in the Metro East to St. Charles County who say, you know, if there's a site in Lake St. Louis that's up for uh, corporate headquarters, but the executives in Philadelphia or wherever are just looking at St. Louis and yep. they think about what they know about St. Louis as the region. They probably heard about the city um, or some of, you know, some very specific, even within the city. It's not the whole city. It's yeah. specific areas, specific neighborhoods, blocks that are issues. And uh, these these companies just say, oh, St. Louis, even if it would be in Edwardsville yep. or Cottleville. They, they, Steve Elman will tell you this. They cross yeah. St. Louis off before they even get to that kind of granular looking at it. Here's an analogy. You guys tell me whether it holds up or not. Uh, so we're sitting on hundreds of millions of dollars, and it's above my pay grade to know how much we have and, and what the rules are and how it happens. But my analogy would be the Cardinals. Cardinals sucked last year. And it really hurt, and, and it hurt attendance, and it hurt uh, the fandom, and and they uh, know they're under the gun, and so far they're doing big moves to bring us all back into the fold, right? And it seems like the city needs to do the same thing. Now, normally they couldn't because the city doesn't have a pot to you know what in, but now we do. And so it's frustrating to me every week, month that goes by that we don't have news from Michael Calhoun. Hey, look at this. We just spent $300 million on this amazing thing that's going to make the area better. It's just like the silence is deafening. And you hear from a lot of people that it's the small things. It's the streets. It's the infrastructure, especially if you're in some sort of logistics business. You want that to be smooth. You want it to be conducive to your to your business. Um, the, you know, there is news. There is good news. For instance, yesterday we had the um, founder of Ring, the doorbell cameras, who is now the CEO of a company called Latch that is uh, trying to transform apartment buildings and condo buildings and basically get rid of your key, your key ring, and have everything be through an app. And they moved their headquarters from New York to St. Louis County. They're in Olivet now. They just had their first shipment leave the headquarters and warehouse yesterday. So we do have it, – it's, it's a, you know – Step forward, step back. Mm -hmm. And again, this Granite City situation, we, we can't get too depressed about it now because it's just, it's in flux. in flux. The union, the mayor, everybody says, you know, we've got to, it's just a wait and see kind of a situation. And the Steelworkers Union president said, for people who've worked for U.S. Steel for a while, this is not unfamiliar to them. Yeah. The roller coaster of emotions, are, am I coming back? How long is this going to last? It's it's been it's been done before. Yeah, maybe so. we'll get a win over there. But Thank they are trying. We we have had some cooperation too between the Tammy Duckworths and the Mike Bosts and the Nikki Pazinskis and the Amy Ellix, the Republicans and Democrats, mm -hmm. uh, saying that they've offered tax incentives, all sorts of you know we'll get this regulation out of the way. And U.S. Steel has not been receptive hmm. to them, which makes them say or, or say that they believe that um, they just want to go to the non-union state to Arkansas. Yeah. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate Thanks. it. 251 DGS, 4.30 p.m. We're going to have Benji Molina in studio. Um, let me tell you what my phone's telling me about the Cardinals. Okay. My phone is telling me Cardinals raised their floor with free agent arms, but their ceiling remains quite low. Yeah, I wouldn't say low, but not high enough is the right way to put it. I mean, they're better than they were, and that combined with 
you know, some some t- some people who were below their norms, like Goldschmidt and Arenado, going back to their norms would make a difference. But it's not far off because they've got to fix another major problem now, right? They, they, they're not, I don't think they need to be done with the rotation, but they've got that at least patched up, and you've got an ace, and you've got some reliable innings. And yes, you can chase opportunities to get another higher quality starter, which I would do. But the first thing right now, though, they got to fix the bullpen. The bullpen was a disaster last year. It completely fell apart. I mean, they were second or third worst in baseball in blown saves. That's not just on the closer. That's on any reliever that's in a save situation late in the game. Well, those are leads that you're blowing. Those are games you're supposed to win. So if you if you cut that back to where you were the year before, you're adding yeah. you're adding 10, 12 wins. Boom, just like that. So the coach was pretty uh, upfront about there were some players on the team last year he didn't think were giving everything or willing to play every day. Uh, I've heard one of those players was Helsley. I don't know if you've heard the same thing. Uh, if so, has that been addressed and he'll be... We'll see. A I mean, little more willing to go out two days in a row? He's a guy that gets discussed in this, right? I mean, I, I don't know that anybody's going to be like, yes, that's him. You know, nobody with the team is ever going to do that. Yeah. Um, but there are times he's not available when you would think he would be. But we don't know how like, – he missed two months with an injury last year. So we never know exactly how somebody's arm is feeling from day to day. But we have to bake that into what we're looking at for this year. So you can say – if all things are going well and all things are equal, Ryan Helsley is our best reliever. He's our closer. Great. But now you have to plan for what if he's not? What if he misses a month? What if he's not going to be uh, good enough on back-to-back days? And that's what they have to do now. Because outside of but him. But when he's good. He's good. He's one of the best. Yeah. When he's good, he's a big strikeout guy for the ninth inning. And that's what everybody wants. Somebody that can shut down another team in a big spot in the eighth inning or just shut down the ninth inning. You know, when he's right, he strikes out 40% of the guys he faces, and that's a huge part of it. How many really good relievers are available out there? Lots. They're always out there. Okay. Yeah, there are always relievers. It's and just a matter is, okay, of which one to pay We just paid for. Sonny Gray $25 million yeah. a year. What does a really good reliever get? Um, about, I mean, a top, top, top closer like Josh Hader is the top closer out there. Former Brewers closer was with the Padres the last year and a half. He's going to be probably $20 million a year, but that's not what you're talking about. You're probably looking at guys that are going to be anywhere from seven to eleven or twelve million dollars a year, depending on how high you want to go. The more proven, the higher that price is going to be. But that's a good guy. Oh at, yeah, at I mean, if you're if you're spending eight on a on a setup guy, that's a good reliever. If you're spending ten, that's a better one. If you're spending twenty, it's the best of the best of the best of the best. Gotcha. So they definitely need at least two proven. Late inning arms. Would you rather see them sign another twenty-five million a year starter or nope. two twelve million a year? Right now, it's those two guys. Okay. I mean, again, I still want both. If you answer the question, and by the way, I didn't mention this yesterday. I just found this out last night. But the way that Sonny Gray's contract is structured is interesting. Saw that he's only getting paid ten million for twenty twenty-four, mm-hmm. even though the average is twenty-five. So it's going to go and count. This counts buyouts and things too. But it's instead of twenty-five, twenty-five, twenty-five. It's ten, twenty-five, thirty-five which means they have that much more money available to spend now if they want to. Yeah, I like it. 
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.